So when it first started going off, I was genuinely kind of confused. I was like, is there like a car alarm that's malfunctioning? Is there like a fire alarm in a house right now? This is Michelle Lindor describing her experience at a protest in Rochester, New York. And then I saw like the tanks being driven in and them moving that big flat platform. And I was just like, what is that? And my friend Gabe turned to me and he's like, that's an LRAD. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Now, Michelle had been to protests before. She'd been hit with pepper spray and heard flash grenades, but she had never experienced anything like this. It's a weird feeling and it kind of vibrates your whole head. My friend Gabe said he could feel it in his chest almost, that it was just so heavy. Michelle was standing near the front of the crowd, about 40 feet from where the sound was coming from. She thought about running away, but she fought through it. I physically made myself, like, plant myself in where I was. But I wanted to get away, (laughs) and I wanted to leave. And I held my hands over my ears a lot, or plugged my ears a lot, or tried talking while it was going on. When the protesters refused to leave, things got even worse. So as soon as they started using the LRAD and we weren't moving back, They started physically pushing our line back, and that's when the tear gas started and the pepper bullets started. The flashbangs were really, really scary because you couldn't really differentiate between what was what. It was terrifying. It sounded like a war zone. This piercing sound kept happening on and off for hours. Michelle stayed at the protest until about two in the morning, and when she finally left, the sound came with her. I only left because I was exhausted and I was in pain. I didn't even notice how bad it was until I was in silence. And my ears were just ringing. Like, I thought that something was wrong with my car. Like, it was really bad. I sat in my car for a good 10, 15 minutes like, this is intense. Like, I had to turn my radio up to like 20, driving home windows down to kind of cancel out any kind of noise. And I couldn't sleep without something on, like playing or a fan on to trick my mind. And it went on for a good like week, like six, seven days. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. The device Michelle heard that day is sometimes called a sound cannon, but the technical term is LRAD. So it stands for a long-range acoustic device. That's Lynn Pesco-Yang, a tech journalist who reports on LRADs. It is basically, well, it depends who you ask. (laughs) If you ask a police officer or anyone from law enforcement who's been trained on operating LRADs, they will tell you it is a very loud loudspeaker, that it's just a long-range communications device specifically. If you ask someone who has been in the direct line of an LRAD, especially at close range, they will tell you it's a sound weapon or a sound cannon. An LRAD has two functions. The first is a voice function, which is basically a really strong megaphone that blasts a voice in one direction. Once again, this is the New York City Police Department. You must remain on the sidewalk. The second function is the deterrent tone, which is what Michelle heard. It's the same technology. It's just a really, really loud sound. That's the alarm. And that is what the LRAD is known for and really 
the deterrent tone is the focus of every controversy surrounding the LRAD. No one has a problem with long-range communication. What's special about the LRAD is the way it projects sound. A regular loudspeaker scatters sounds in many directions, kind of like how a light bulb shines light everywhere. But an LRAD blasts the sound in just one direction, like a beam from a super powerful flashlight. I think a flashlight is a pretty good way to think of it because what's special about it is just the casing around the flashlight, right? You can have an ordinary bulb, but in order to make the light from the bulb go in one direction, it needs to be set in something that's reflective and will sort of squeeze the cone of energy that it's sending out until it's more narrow. The result is a highly concentrated beam of sound. Really, it's just a really simple physical design. A sound engineer I talked to called it a brute force design. It's like, how do we make this as loud and as painful as possible? The sound is loudest directly in front of it, but it can easily be moved around. Michelle discovered that pretty quickly. I kept moving within the crowd. So as soon as I moved to the left and they were all the way to the right, I didn't hear a thing. It was insane. And then as soon as they pulled it towards the middle, it was very slight. And then obviously directed me, it was deafening. So I was pretty disgustingly impressed with that machine. I was just like, that's pretty genius if you think about it. LRADs were first developed for the U.S. military after an attack on the USS Cole. This is from a special on CNN. October 12, 2000, the coal was attacked as it ported in Yemen. The suicide mission using a small boat and hundreds of pounds of explosives. 17 sailors died, 39 injured. In response to the attack, the Navy wanted a tool that would allow them to better communicate with approaching vessels. So the idea is to communicate at such a distance that you would be able to send a clear message and then judging by the response of the potential enemy, you would know whether to fire. A company called the American Technology Corporation supplied the answer, the Long Range Acoustic Device, or LRAD. Here's an LRAD representative describing how it works in an AOL segment called Digital Justice. It stays focused in a 30 to 60 degree beam, and by allowing us to do that, the people at the other end absolutely understand the instructions that are being given them, and we can give them the instructions in any language. As intended, the LRAD was perfect for communication at sea. It could transmit sound over two miles across the water, so ships could hear it even without a working communication system. This is a naval exclusionary zone. Please back away from this area. But the designers quickly realized that LRADs could be useful in other situations and started selling them for a range of uses. Some fire departments use LRADs as a mass notification system during wildfires. A few years ago, after a deadly wildfire in California, some towns bought LRADs to replace their air raid sirens. This is from an ABC special. Mill Valley is upgrading all five of its sirens to LRAD technology this year, complete with battery backups and satellite communication, so they can work even if a fire burns the phone lines. LRADs can be useful in all kinds of natural disasters. 
They can be used to send shelter in place or evacuation orders, to communicate with people who are stranded, and to help find people in search and rescue situations. Because it can broadcast effectively up to two miles away and very powerfully, you can mount that on helicopters, fly over and be able to broadcast messages to hopefully the people that you're trying to find. Of course, when we need to spread critical information, volume is a good thing, as long as the people hearing it aren't too close. But when law enforcement uses the LRAD's deterrent tone for crowd control, many of the people who get hit are just a few feet away. And that is what's so dangerous. Volume is measured in decibels. A normal conversation is about 60 decibels. A loud motorcycle might be around 100 decibels. An important thing to note here is that on the decibel scale, the loudness doubles approximately every 10 decibels. So 70 decibels is twice as loud as 60 decibels. 80 decibels is twice as loud as 70. 90 is twice as loud as 80. Any sound over 120 decibels can cause pain and hearing loss. The smallest LRAD model, the 100X, can go a full 20 decibels higher than that, to 140 decibels. That's as loud as a jet taking off from 100 feet away. The largest LRAD can be as loud as 160 decibels. That's about 1,024 times as loud as a normal conversation. To put it another way, that's like standing on the edge of the launch pad while the space shuttle takes off. Not only does that level of sound cause permanent hearing damage, it's also really physically painful. People who have witness that, witness people being too close to one, say that some people just fall down because they're in so much pain. If you're in the line of fire, it can be so disorienting that you forget how to problem solve. You forget which direction you should go. So in that sense, if you just fall down where you are and are screaming in pain, that's not crowd control. That's not a deterrent, right? That's just an injury. And injuries like this have led to legal action. After suffering permanent hearing damage from LRADs, some people have taken U.S. cities to court. Meanwhile, many police departments argue that LRADs can't be considered weapons. That's coming up after the break. Congratulations to Elizabeth Wallace for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That is the very first audio recording captured on Mars. It was recorded by the Perseverance rover, a robotic vehicle built by NASA that just landed on the red planet. The recording captured the five-mile-an-hour winds blowing across the Martian surface, as well as the sound of the rover itself. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know that sound, tell us at the web address mystery.20k.org. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our newly designed super soft t-shirts, which you can see at 20k.org shop. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search, and that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. 
but it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. With Indeed's smart matching engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The long-range acoustic device, or LRAD, was first released in the early 2000s. The U.S. Navy bought LRADs to use on ships, but they weren't the only customer. Other countries started buying them too, and so did U.S. cities, fire departments, and police departments. The police eventually started using the LRAD's built-in deterrent tone for crowd control. And by 2020, these devices had been used on protesters in at least nine states. People in favor of LRADs argue that it lets officers communicate and clear out crowds without using lethal force. Here's an officer in Columbus, Ohio, describing his thoughts on the LRAD to NBC News. Yeah, a lot of people think this is some space-age device where you're going to uh, curl up and uh, start bleeding from um, your, ears. your uh, ears and eyes and all that, but it's not. It's just a, what I would refer to as a, a, an annoying rhythmic or pulsating type tone. But this tone is more than just annoying. It can cause migraines, nausea, vertigo, confusion, and permanent hearing loss. When police officers use an LRAD, they sometimes just use the voice function, which, again, no one really takes issue with. I command all those assembled at 500 Harbor Drive to immediately disperse. If you do not do so, you will be arrested. Other times, they combine it with the deterrent tone. That sound is meant to cause enough discomfort that it breaks up crowds, kind of like auditory tear gas. But just like tear gas, bystanders can be vulnerable too. In 2009, a professor from the University of Missouri named Karen Piper was at a park in Pittsburgh. The park was filled with people protesting the nearby G20 summit. But Karen wasn't protesting. She was there to take some photos for a book she was writing. Without warning, the Pittsburgh police fired an LRAD into the crowd, and Karen was caught in its beam. Here she is describing the experience to the ACLU. It was almost like you could feel the sound going through you, and I immediately felt um, pain in my ears, and I ran away, and then I just felt dizzy and nauseous. I felt this horrible headache. And one of my ears was worse than the other, and there was fluid coming from it, I noticed. And so I sat down and felt like I couldn't breathe or catch my breath, and I just sat there for I'm not sure how long. As a result, Karen suffered permanent hearing damage and decided to file a federal lawsuit. The judge ruled that Pittsburgh PD used excessive force and awarded her $72,000 in damages. A similar case happened in New York. After being hit with an LRAD at a protest, six people sued the New York Police Department. The city of New York attempted to have the case thrown out. They argued that since the LRAD only uses sound, it can't be excessive force. 
In fact, they say it's not a force at all. According to the NYPD, quote, the LRAD is not an instrumentality of force, but a communication device. And the officer's creation of a sound that plaintiffs happen to hear cannot be considered physical contact. But the physics and common sense say otherwise. Sound is movement. So if you hear a sound, that means something in your inner ear is moving because of the movement of molecules in the air. So the danger with any exposure to overly loud sounds is that those inner ear parts, which are extremely sensitive and delicate and really difficult for the body to repair, will be permanently damaged by that movement, that they'll move so quickly and with such energy that they'll essentially break. The higher the volume, the more force is hitting your eardrums, and the more quickly it can cause damage. But hearing damage can be hard to prove. Some of the dangers of loud noises are not things that are visible to doctors, including tinnitus, which is when you hear that ringing in your ear, but a medical case of tinnitus would be something that lasts much longer. So it's something that can be really distressing, but is totally internal on a physical level, which means it's easier for um, people to argue that it's not real, which definitely works in favor of people who would like the LRAD to not be regulated like a weapon. The LRAD is just one of many controversial military weapons that police use. Flash grenades produce a blinding flash of light and a sound of up to 170 decibels. That's even louder than the strongest LRAD, though it only lasts for a split second. All of this leaves a lot of people asking how and why police have access to things that are designed for use in war. So um, the why is hard to answer. The how is a little bit easier. The ways that police get access to military technologies are numerous. One of the most famous is the Federal 1033 program, which basically lets police just sort of lease or buy for a low cost or sometimes just receive for free surplus equipment from all branches of the military. The 1033 program was created in the 90s to get rid of extra military equipment and to help police departments fight the war on drugs. Weapons that can be transferred through this program include bayonets and grenade launchers. Over the years, the program has been rolled back, then reinstated, then rolled back again. But even if this program gets completely eliminated, it won't stop police departments from getting LRADs. LRADs are sold directly to departments by sales representatives who are really numerous, and many of whom seem to be military themselves or ex-military. Today, it's not clear exactly how many police departments in the U.S. have LRADs, but they seem to be getting more and more common. When it comes to militarization, one of the reasons that the prevalence of LRADs worries me so much is that, to me, it's a sign that the escalation can continue. Every new advanced weapon that police get leads to escalation in their riot control methods. So I guess the answer to why is because no one has said no yet. No one has prevented it yet or regulated that option away from law enforcement. If we continue to use LRAD, where are we going to draw the line? While lawmakers haven't done much about LRADs, many doctors and experts have come out strongly against them. The Acoustical Society of America said that LRADs are, quote, capable of delivering dangerously high sound levels when employed at shorter ranges. 
the Academy of Doctors of Audiology called the use of LRADs for crowd control, quote, unacceptable and inhumane. The American Speech-Language Hearing Association said that the LRADs volume is, quote, capable of causing not only permanent hearing loss, but also migraine, vestibular, and other auditory symptoms. The group Physicians for Human Rights said that there are, quote, serious concerns about the high potential of acoustic weapons to cause serious and permanent injury. Our ability to hear the world around us is an incredible gift, and no one has the right to take that away from us. And it doesn't matter if you're protesting, counter-protesting, or just walking through a public park, your hearing should never be considered expendable. Now, as a long-range communication tool, LRADs can be really useful, even life-saving. But when the LRAD's deterrent tone is being used as a method of crowd control, it can do irreversible damage. I'm not here to cast blame on the specific officers who've used LRADs, or even the precincts they belong to. The police have a really tough job to do, and they're not trained in audiology. The problem isn't any single person. It's a system that allows a military-grade sonic weapon to be used on its citizens. I'm really stuck on this topic because the difference between how essential this information is to the safety of Americans and how much they know about it is really enormous and untenable. So my motivation, I guess, is just to expose how these things work and what they mean so that the public can confront it. And maybe it turns out most Americans don't care if their police forces have LRADs, but they should know. They should know so they can decide whether they care. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Galen Beebe. And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly. It was story edited by Casey Emerling. It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan. And Joel Boyder. Thanks to our guests, Michelle Lindor and Lynn Pesco-Yang. You can read Lynn's work at lynnpesco-yang.com, which we've linked in the show description. What do you think about LRADs? You can tell us on Facebook, Twitter, on our subreddit, or at hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>